Thank you so much for tuning into the Blair Minimum. I just wanted to give you a little intro, trailer, teaser type action so that you had a little heads up of what's to come from my mini little summer series. I am a teacher, so I have my summers off, and I wanted to finally pull the trigger on this project that I've been putting off for quite some time. So uh, let's get this friggin' show on the road, shall we? The answer is yes, we definitely should get the show on the road. So what in God's name does the Blair Minimum mean? And what it started as was a motto that has transformed completely into a little something different than what it means today. So I guess it started all the way back to senior year of high school, where me and my best friend Jillian, who a little tangent here, is the most perfect human specimen on this planet, maybe in the entire universe, Mars, you know, that whole thing. But I'm not even saying this because I'm biased. If you meet anybody that knows Jillian Taberzi, they will claim that she's their best friend, which ain't true because she's mine. Um, but yeah, no, enough about Jillian right now because she's going to be a guest on this podcast. Maybe my, my emotional support human for every episode. Who's to say? We'll see. But yes, me and Jillian at the beginning of our senior year, maybe at the end of junior year, who knows? We coined the phrase defeating the system, which meant that we were going to do everything and anything in our power to spend the least amount of time in school so that we could live our best lives outside of school. Defeating the system also meant that we were just going to cut corners and be sneaky to get away with shit. It started with us rearranging our schedules so that we would have the same free periods. And what we would do on our free periods was like, go get our nails done, pop back to school, maybe go home, get a quick nap in, get back to school. And Jill like really fucking defeated the system. I mean, she wouldn't even come into school until like 11 a.m. She uh, clocked in at first place at the end of the school year with a whopping 29 absences. So round of applause for my bestie right there. I got second place. Don't count me on don't quote me on this come on Blair get your shit together um with like 19 so second place and yeah so that's one way we defeated the system um another way was <laughs> actually on one of our free periods we were going somewhere and we got we're coming back blasting music it was some song by Maroon 5 Jill get back to me on this and um we're speeding and we got pulled over and got out of a ticket, which was amazing. Defeated the system there. Actually, this comes full circle because the other day I was fighting a speeding ticket on that same road, which was all the way back in August. Now it's July. I got that speeding ticket knocked down to a littering violation, which riddle me this. A littering violation is 350 fucking dollars. But anyway, everything comes full circle. I defeated the system. So yeah, that was, you know, how... Defeating the system was really defined for our senior year. Another way I defeated the system senior year was, uh, oh, yeah. So, I mean, this isn't great, but I did it. Uh, on the New York State Physics Regents exam, I got a 57%, which is failing. And if you don't know what the, the Regents exam is, it's just a state test. And uh, in physics class, I negotiated or bullied, I mean, you know, take that for what it is, with my teacher to give me a 96 average in the class. So that's kind of being sneaky and getting away with it. Yeah, so we were just kind of living our best lives. I mean, we spent a little amount of time in school, killed it. So yeah, that's uh, that's the definition of what defeating the system meant. 
And um, yeah, so moving on from that, the college application process for me, I was not about that life. My work ethic was terrible, really didn't want to put a lot of effort into it. But when I was visiting colleges, I really didn't see a lot. And one of the first colleges that I visited was Bucknell University. I had been to the campus before because I had a few friends that had been there. Guys, if you're listening, actually, I know you are. So, hey, love you. But the official college tour, as soon as I stepped onto campus and they were giving me, you know, they were looking at the buildings and all the like frat houses and talking about the activities. I was like, you know what? This is beautiful. This is what college means to me. I'm applying early. Super easy for me. I got in early. That was it. And I'm really lucky because I don't think I would have been able to handle getting rejected, having to apply to other colleges, make a choice. And I know that the majority of the country does that. And I applaud you. I admire you. Love you. But that was it for me. Did the whole college thing, skated through it, got grades that I didn't deserve. And um, yeah, Bucknell was great. Got my first job that I applied to right out of Bucknell with the help of a friend that actually went to Bucknell. Helene, if you're listening, you're beautiful and amazing. Congrats on your engagement. If you're not listening, that's okay. I still love you. So yes, my first job out of college was WeWork, which at the time was a baby startup. I always love to, you know, pat myself on the back because I was employee number 175. And now they're essentially taking over the world. But yeah, so working for a startup right out of college was ideal for me because startups are pretty much like party culture around the board. I'm, I think you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but yeah. So going to a startup right after college was great. Cause it was like post-college college. And, um, my work ethic still sucked. So I was still kind of, you know, trying to find myself, but I really didn't get any skills. I really didn't know like what to do. And I was kind of expecting to move up and get promoted without doing the work. So we'll circle back to that. I was really frustrated because I wasn't moving up and I ended up getting fired. Gonna put myself out there and say that I did because I deserved it. And after WeWork, I was kind of trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Fast forward, I talked to one of my friends, Jana, who was also, you know, kind of not happy with what career path she was doing. And she ended up doing this program called Jumpstart and decided that her calling was to become a teacher. And I'd always wanted to become a teacher, but I didn't really, you know, put that much effort into it because, you know, my work ethic sucked and I didn't really, you know, have that much drive. And the way that she, you know, promoted this program sounded ideal to me in that place where I was in my life. So pulled the trigger, started Jumpstart, went to grad school full time, started to become certified. Now, in order to become a teacher, you have to take a bunch of certification tests. So I'm sitting at the dining room table with my father, Mel Kalkman, who, if you know him, he's an amazing human being. Started from the bottom, now he's here. He's a stone-faced motherfucker, so you really got to get to know him. But once you do, you're in his circle, and it's amazing. Mel, if you're listening, I love you. You're my inspo. But I know for a fact you're not listening because you don't even have a voicemail set up on your Motorola phone. But anyway, me and my dad sitting at the dining room table and I get the scores for one of these tests sent to my phone. And the bare minimum score to pass this test was a 520. Classic B gets a 520 on the test. And so I told my dad, I was like, 
dad, I got the bare minimum score on this test. And he's looking at me and he has this like fucking smirk on his face. And he goes, nah, you got the Blair minimum. And I'm like jaw dropped to the floor. This man is a goddamn genius. He took defeating the system and transformed it into the way that I was living my life. And so I think this motto is like the most amazing thing ever. I actually started like telling all of my grad school friends at the time because we all were kind of doing the Blair minimum. I obviously was the leader leader of it. Somehow we were all getting A's in all of our classes while juggling our personal lives and trying to find teaching jobs, which we all did. Kudos to us. But then I had a shift in thinking because now that I was embarking on a career that I actually cared about and wanted to be taken seriously, I no longer liked having the reputation of being fucking lazy and getting away with stuff. And I don't know, I just didn't like the way that I was like coming across, even though like, you know, I had great friends and I was surrounded by great people and I had a great support system. I just, I wanted to change the way I was being perceived. And I wanted to change the way that I felt about myself. So I thought back to when I started working out with an absolute weapon of a human being, Nick Pags, in the beginning of the year. And Nick Pags is going to be a guest on my podcast, so I won't give that much away about him, even though he is like, I refer to him as my religion. <laughs> um, but at the beginning of that year, he was a co-owner of Ripped. Now he's like a motivational speaker and he literally does the most, which is amazing. But Ripped is similar to Barry's Bootcamp where you go back and forth from like treadmills to weights. But the reason that Nick has such a great following is that while you're working out, he says these little like stories and anecdotes and they hit like a chord with you. They strike a chord or they, you know, something, you know, gets inside of you and it actually pushes you to work out harder. And I actually remember like, crying at the end of a class because I was like, wow, that, you know, that got to me. I'm going to keep coming back because I was really going through a rough spot. And I did. And it helped push me through and got me to actually like where I am today. And so I was thinking back to what some of the things that he said could help, you know, motivate me in this dilemma that I was having where for the first time in my life, I had to make a decision to do something I had never truly done before. And that's try LOL to, you know, that Jim Halper quote. And obviously <laughs> I'm not going to say it as perfectly and as eloquently as he did and still does today, but bear with me, Blair with me. And so what applied to me most while I was, you know, thinking and trying was, do your efforts match your desires and what you're really striving for? So come on, Blair, are you being realistic about how much work you're actually putting in to reach a goal? So guys, if you're thinking about this, like whatever goal that may be, is it a personal goal? Like emotionally, are you trying to get a promotion or a relationship or a fitness goal? Because realistically cutting corners, being fucking lazy and just expecting it to, you know, expecting a sign ain't going to cut it. I thought back to all of these opportunities that fell into my lap and I kind of felt like, and I, I knew that I really didn't deserve them and I just got lucky. For instance, like Bucknell, like, yeah, I got in early action, but I definitely wouldn't be able to get in there today. 
it fell into my lap and we work, I was expecting to get a promotion, but I didn't even put nearly enough work in. I needed like way more skills and I needed to try hard and I definitely deserve to get fired. And so I needed to light a fire under my ass and I wanted to hold on to the Blair Minimum motto because it was amazing. And so I took defeating the system and kind of transformed it into what the Blair Minimum has become today. So guys, drum roll, please. The Blair Minimum means cutting corners to put maximum effort where it matters and none where it doesn't. So let's do a little breakdown. Blair Minimum breakdown is we're putting effort and energy and focusing on the good shit. What's the good shit? That shit that matters. The people, the relationships, values, maybe aspirations, hobbies and things that you know make you feel good, but maybe you're not spending enough time on them. And then we're letting go of the bad shit, which is anything that gets in the way of that good shit. Or if you don't like curse words, that good stuff. You know, that stuff that drags you down, maybe takes up space and time in your brain, maybe gives you that feeling, that gut feeling that this ain't right, you know. Maybe you feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulder. I'm literally touching my shoulders. Perhaps you don't even know what your good shit and your bad shit is because it's different for everyone. And maybe you know exactly what I'm referring to. Either way, it's scary to change your way of thinking, especially if you've been living with a certain mindset your entire life. And it is a learning process. So we're learning how to put maximum effort into the shit that matters and none where it doesn't. And it is not easy. It requires a ton of work and you have to want it for yourself. And I know I might be sitting here, I might sound some like enlightened little bitch, but I'm certainly not. It's a learning process. Like I said, it requires so much practice and it's not like I wake up every day like, oh my God, I'm really going to do the blur minimum. No shot. Life happens. Situations come up where, I don't know if you just heard my dad's sneeze. <laughs> Life happens where situations come up and we have to make like split second decisions and you're not going to be like, oh my God, is this my good shit or is this my bad shit? Like, no, we got to be realistic and find a balance that works for you. Create your own Blair minimum. You don't have to use my name. You can if you want. But like if you're a Jack, do the Jack minimum. If you're an Olivia, the Olivia minimum or the live minimum. If you're a Millie, the Millie minimum. Oh my God, I love that. The Millie minimum. Millie, if you're out there, I might have to, I might have to trademark that. But like I said, I'm no expert and I would not have made it here without the people in my life and my amazing support system that never fails to show up. And they're incredible. And they've taught me to start thinking this way. And for that reason, I kind of want to essentially honor them and pay them back for how they've helped change me for the better. Some of these people are going to be guests on this podcast. So yes, this is probably going to be my only solo episode. But yeah, like I said, the main purpose of me doing the Blair Minimum podcast isn't actually to talk about myself, but to have you hear what my people have to say in hopes that they can help you change your way of thinking, maybe your perspective, possibly to just like help you, like maybe, maybe you just want to listen and be entertained. But they did help change my life. And so the setup of this, you know, little mini series I'm doing is that every week, one or two of these guests is going to come talk about a topic that they're an actual expert in. So yes, 
Most of them are certified. And if they're not, they've all been verified by me, myself, and I. And um, these topics are issues or ideas that are relevant to everyone. Trust us on this. But especially people in their mid to late 20s, we're bringing these topics up and breaking them down because these are, you're going through some of this or you're thinking about this and you might think that you're alone or like the only person that has ever had this thought, but you are absolutely not. When I talk about feeling alone, I'm referring to that as people, as human beings, we have this inherent emotional need to belong and be an accepted member of a group. So that's why we have religion, that's why we join clubs, and that's why we want to find a partner for life, because we actually want to be part of something greater than ourselves. So yes, we we love to have our alone time and we're actually selfish, but we actually want to be an accepted member of a group. So psychologists have studied this for like ever, and the sense of belongingness drives us and is such an, a crucial motivation for us throughout our entire lives that we feel severe consequences of not belonging, aka what I'm referring to as feeling alone. So it kind of makes sense, right? Like since the beginning of time, people hunting and gathering in packs and protecting each other, and there's a much greater chance of survival, not to mention having babies, if you're a part of a group rather than being alone. So with that said, without belonging, people are left to you know, kind of figure out their identities, who they are, what they like, and what they want by themselves, and that sucks. So a lot of the times people will stay part of a group or do what everyone else is doing just because of this severe fear of not belonging, and this is just going to cause them to feel even more disconnected and alone and unable to figure out who they are. But we're here to let you know that you're not alone, you're never alone, and if anyone, you're always going to belong with us because life is way too fucking short to waste time putting effort, energy, and focus into things that you don't even like just because you're scared of being rejected. The reality is that if you transfer that energy into finding what drives you, what makes you happy and feel more fulfilled and complete, you're going to find it so much easier to let go of that shit that you didn't even want to be part of in the first place. Oh, and bonus, once you start this process, once you start doing you and finding your own Blair Minimum, so to speak, you'll create a natural energy around yourself, perhaps a literal glow, that you're going to attract people and want them to be around you, the right ones, and you're actually never going to be alone. And so like, yeah. That's kind of the end of my rant. I realize that this might maybe sound like that other health self, health self, self help shit out there, but um, it's not. It's kind of, I told you, the purpose is for you to hear what my people have to say so that hopefully you can kind of change your perspective and maybe start living your own best life. Maybe you have shit to let go of. Maybe you have other stuff to focus on. Either way, give them a listen. This is to honor them. Maybe you don't even owe them anything. You don't owe me anything. This is my little summer project, but it's definitely going to be a good time. The work works if you work it. (laughs) My mom's been saying that forever because she's in uh, AA. I'm not blowing her up. She's super proud of it, and I'm super proud of her. But yeah, guys, that's what the Blair Minimum is going to be about. Thanks for coming along for the ride, at least for the intro. You want to contact me? You can email me at b at theblairminimum.com. Follow me on Insta. Or follow us on Insta. We're all a team here at the Blair Minimum Podcast. And we will TTYT talk to you Tuesday.